Transferring merits is like sowing seeds. We often engage in the transference of merits. However, most people do not fully comprehend its meaning. To better explain it, here is a simple example. If you become wealthy, where has your wealth come from? It must have come from society since we all draw from it. How could you possibly obtain wealth if you were detached from society? Many wealthy people in the secular world lack this understanding. They believe that they've built their riches through their own talent. Well, you might be talented, but how could you build wealth without contributions from all walks of life in our society? What is taken from society should be returned to society. This is the way of the secular world. If you are wealthy and benevolent, you will be rewarded with more wealth. Poor people will have some warmth and will not perish from starvation, and they will be grateful to you. Conversely, if you lack benevolence, not only will others be ungrateful, but they will also rebel against you. Such actions will continue beyond the depletion of your wealth until you die. This is part of the cause and effect cycle. How many would have known this? How can you comprehend this if you are oblivious to the law of cause and effect and its influence over the three periods of past, present, and future? To transfer merits is to return the benefits that we have accrued to society so that others may also find peace and happiness. In other words, transferring merits is a form of giving, giving out what we have. It does not mean that we forego what we have after giving it. It is like a farmer sowing seeds. A single seed sown in the spring reaps an abundant harvest in the autumn. It is also analogous to donating your hard-earned money to support the temple. This act will benefit future generations. It is a misconception to think that you lose something by giving. Does a farmer lose his best seeds once they are sown? If he does, the loss is only temporary. Come reaping time in autumn, the harvest will be bountiful. If a person is benevolent and kind-hearted, he or she does not hold on to wealth. Some people even borrow money for charity. You may be poor now, but when the time of blessing comes, you will naturally be rewarded with wealth, even if you do not want it. When it comes to repenting our negative karma, not only do we have to stop committing bad deeds, but we must also help all sentient beings follow suit. The term, all sentient beings, includes all the beings in the ten directions, the boundless universe, not just our family members. The merits and virtues that you accrue from cultivating good deeds, making offerings to the three jewels, charitable giving, and saying things that benefit others, do not belong to you. They belong to all sentient beings. Once an elderly lay practitioner asked me, what is the transference of merits? I said, it is giving something to others. It is a kind of donation. Giving what, he asked. I said, money, as well as the merits from your cultivation. He said, by giving others all the merits that I've earned from tirelessly prostrating and reciting the Buddha's name, don't I end up with nothing? 
His reply sounds silly. It does not work this way. I then explain through a metaphor. Suppose you offer flowers to the Buddha. While flowers are beautiful, the essence is in their fragrance, without which the flowers would not be as elegant. Would you be concerned when bringing flowers to the temple that passers-by would deplete the fragrance? Would you tell others, you must not smell the fragrance, it is meant as an offering to Buddha? In reality, the fragrance does not get weaker when many people smell the flowers, or stronger otherwise. Even flowers, a phenomenon of the secular world, possess such characteristics. How much more so the Buddha Dharma? Would you have fewer virtuous merits if you transferred your own to others? In fact, the more you give, the more you possess. Once this is understood, why would you still be stingy and unwilling to give? Greed and stinginess come from the fear of losing something when it is given away. If you knew that by giving you would have more, you would be devoid of greed and more willing to give. All merits are transferred to and shared with all sentient beings in the three lower paths and the six realms. As such, the potential of the heart for this kind of generous giving is boundless. Do not say that you lack merits to offer. You acquire merits when you engage in the repentance service. It is the law of cause and condition. What was non-existent before comes into being when the right causes and conditions come together. If you generously transfer the merits that you have earned, the more merits you will accumulate. Otherwise, what you get is what you have. For example, a farmer who stows his seeds in the warehouse will eventually lose them. Therefore, they should be taken out and planted into the ground. Likewise, an entrepreneur has to reinvest what he or she earns into the business, through endeavors such as opening more branches, to make more. Is this not true? Causes and conditions give rise to and extinguish all phenomena. All of you who know the Dharma understand that everything is impermanent. I am very glad for your own sake that you know this fundamental principle of Buddhism that everything is impermanent. I am very glad for your own sake that you know this fundamental principle of Buddhism, that everything is impermanent, and that you participate in this repentance service. Take, for example, a bouquet of flowers. If you do not offer it to the Buddha while it is fresh and exuberant, it will soon wither and its fragrance will be gone. Likewise, if you elect to safeguard the wealth you acquire, like a miser, your wealth will one day be gone, no matter how hard you try to keep it. You may then utter, Why didn't I engage in any good deeds when I was wealthy? Not only did I not help friends and relatives who were in need, but I also didn't look after my parents either. This is the nature of misers, who only know how to accumulate wealth, but not how to dispense with it. When the time comes, their wealth will naturally disappear. Wealth does not sustain for three generations. You want to be rich forever? This is not possible. The Buddha told us that wealth is under the influence of the five classes, corrupt officials, thieves, fire, floods, and prodigal children. Not just you. It would be better if you shared your wealth with society, 
but if you did not, it would be tragic if you lost all your wealth to natural disasters. Your wealth might get washed away by floods, burnt by fire, blown away by a storm, ruined by earthquakes, and last, but not least, wasted by your children. People who know how to make money must be very intelligent, but why do they unwisely hoard their wealth? The above applies to only ordinary people, and I am sure that you, as Buddhists, are different. You must use all kinds of expedient means to pass this knowledge on to others and guide them toward the Dharma path. Your reminding words may help awaken others from their dreams and delusions. When it comes to merits created by the karma of words, there is a saying, One remark can raise a nation, while another can ruin it. A statement we make may lead others to plant meritorious causes and be free from the birth and death cycle, or it may also increase others' greed and thrust them deeper into the birth and death cycle. Thus you see how the same mouth can generate both immeasurable merits and boundless wickedness. It all depends on how you use it. All of you are wise and understand how to use your mouth properly. I wish you perfection of your six sense organs, eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind, just like Guanyin Bodhisattva.